Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast with your host, Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus. This college basketball guru, brash and unfiltered, He's got you covered in much more than sports, including music, movies, and the mob. Live guests, top-notch breakdowns, and as always, taking your phone calls. Live from the city of brotherly love, here's the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. Hey, hey, welcome in to another edition of the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. I am your host, the big man on campus. This is episode 22. It's January 22nd, 2020. How about that? It's episode 22 and it's the 22nd. That means every day until the end of the month, we're right on par with our numbers. How do you do it? I don't know how I do it. I just keep doing it. But we're here live. We're talking Wednesday college baseball, getting you ready uh, for the rest of the week in the world of sports. And it's Three Man Weave Night on the show Jim Root from the Three Men Weave will join us in just a second. I have him on the line now, just uh, getting him up here. Uh, we'll talk uh, college hoops, see where he's at, uh, see where the Three Men Weave's at, what are their thoughts on futures, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Jim Root from the Three Men Weave, how you doing tonight? I am terrific, Jeff. Ready to ready to talk some hoops. I'm reeling from some end game results in some games tonight, oh, no. so I need to get my mind off it. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, hey, listen, I do too. My game was over at halftime, so, you know, it's funny, Jim. I had the under tonight in Temple, Cincinnati, and those two teams look like Houston Baptist and uh, Central Arkansas tonight, of course. Um, I don't know, again, you know, Temple continues to be one of the – I'm a Temple fan. I have season tickets. I've been going to the league, of course, since the late 80s, 90s, you know, when I was a kid. And, you know, this team continues to, to really bother me. One of the more bipolar groups in the country. I mean, some nights they look so good and they beat Wichita. And then, you know, some nights they, they just look poor. I mean, they're up in the second half for most of this game uh, and just found a way to, to kind of piss it away. But uh, let's kind of get our minds off it. Um, one good piece of news, Jim, is Houston Baptist went over again tonight. So uh, that's uh, that's <laughs> kind of a good, uh, that, that's a good omen. I mean, th- th- that group is – went over a ton, but um, let's just kind of, we'll try to avoid the games you're on. I don't know exactly what you're on, but I'm sure we can figure it out here. Uh, just a couple of thoughts. Um, you know, you look at Xavier and I talked on, I have a show that I do on YouTube, uh, kind of previewing the card every day. And I talked on my show today about, was I going to put Xavier into the camp of like Virginia and Purdue? It just seems like whenever they need to win and everything's kind of fits for them they find a way to, to to not win and and you know not come to play Xavier had kind of been that team they had all these opportunities and but then I kind of looked at it and said well they have a week off maybe they'll be able to rejuvenate and kind of get focused I heard a lot of weird quotes out of Travis Steele like you know we're gonna play the team that re- represents Xavier the best just kind of weird comments but really nice performance from them tonight they looked like the uh defensive team that we, we kind of think they are yeah, all those those quotes kind of ended up carrying through because he he didn't play senior point guard Quentin Gooden at all. He didn't he didn't get off the bench. They started three bigs. After the game, he said like those were the five guys that led us in our Xavier way calculation, which is some like thing in practice that probably has to do with yeah, effort and yeah. being on time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know it worked. I guess like they they needed some sort of kick in the ass. They're one and four in the in the Big East and. They basically got it from Kiki Tandy, the, the flamethrower off the bench. Yeah, I saw you tweet about how he has to kind of be the one of kind of the, the, the glue guys, and I think you're totally right. I mean, they lack so much perimeter shooting, and he gives them, you know, four for eight tonight, had a couple rebounds as well. But, yeah, I, that was just for me. I couldn't bet the game because 
I, I couldn't decipher those comments. And, you know, when you have a lot of uncertainty with a team, especially with this group, you know, it's not exactly a great betting situation, man. It ended up working, as you said, but, you know, it's really becoming tough, I think, for Patrick Ewing. I mean, you, you just have very little uh, to play. I mean, you literally have five guys that are going to play big minutes. You know, occasionally you'll get something out of, you know, Blair or, or Murison or, or somebody, but just kind of a tough uh, thing. And they're a team that I've kind of pegged as, you know, going forward, obviously we have to start fading. Uh, they just have no bench. Um, it keeps getting worse for Evansville. Uh, real quick, um, I talked before about I loved Walter McCarty as a coach. I thought he was great. but And obviously he has um, things off the court that he has to obviously deal with, and, and they had every right to fire him. They should have. Uh, some of the stuff coming out is not exactly um, good to hear. But you know they, they just can't seem to figure it out. I thought maybe tonight they'd kind of get off the mat a little bit. I mean, you're at home. You, you have a new coach finally. You know, but without DeAndre Williams, it's become tough. I want to ask you, though, about the NBC real quick. I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't ask you about this. Loyola Chicago is, uh, I believe that game's over. They've rolled, um, yeah, one by 20. Bradley won again tonight. What are your thoughts on this conference? Because I'm starting to get the feeling that it's going to come down to Northern Iowa, Bradley, and Loyola. And Loyola plays really good half-court offense, and their defense looks terrific. Yeah, I, I think we're everybody's probably pretty shocked that Missouri State is just like a complete non-factor in this conference. I mean, yeah. all the talent they had coming in via the transfer wire, it seems like, okay, this this team – Dana Ford did a pretty good job last year, so I thought he'd be able to put it all together. But then I think it was a week ago, Northern Iowa went in there at Missouri State and won by 30. So it was like, okay, I, I think we can officially bury the Bears in this race. Northern Iowa's got a couple nice non-conference wins even going to, especially the one at Colorado looks really good. So they're near the top for me. It's weird to see them be like offensively dominant. I think their offense is currently ranked way better in a lot of analytics than their defense, which is rare for, for Ben Jacobson. But uh, yeah, them Loyola, I, I love just watching Loyola because they play through a big guy that, that is a really good passer. Crutwig is, a unique fellow with his, uh, with his touch and his footwork, but uh, also being kind of a, a brute down low. So, yeah, I, I think those are my top two. Bradley, I, I think they've gotten swept by Northern Iowa already, which, which makes it tough for them to actually win the league. But they, I've, I've been too low on them all year. I, I had Illinois State against them tonight, and I think Bradley ended the game on a 14-2 to run. So perhaps I'm, I'm just, in general, too low on Bradley. They didn't have their point guard, Darrell Brown, and they, and they still covered tonight. So they're, they're solid. Yeah, I mean, Childs has been in and out as well. I mean, they just uh, – Brian Wardell's done a nice job down in Peoria. Nice work by him. Another um, real quick – I just wanted to mention this. I I wavered, Jim, with this game for a long time. I had two games that I was really into tonight. One of them was that total that crashed and burned early. And the other game was South Dakota State tonight. Okay, and I didn't bet South Dakota State because – I know how important Doug Wilson is to South Dakota State. And another coach that was very kind of, you know, cryptic about Doug Wilson, he mentioned he had, you know, ran around, whatever that means, over the weekend, and he wanted to play. But you know how kids are. They all want to play. Even they get a torn ACL, they want to play. Um, you, know, you look at tonight, 20 points for them. He was huge. Without him, they would have lost and lost by a lot. You know, Ward was terrific. Shahid was terrific. But, but Jim, I mean, I don't think we give this enough respect. Over the last 47 games in South Dakota State, they're 46-1 and one straight up. I mean, that, that's pretty unbelievable. That, that place up there, I've, I've never been there. I, I've obviously followed them a lot over the years with Mike Dom. I know Reed telling you personally. He's a good kid. Um, he tells me all the time about – and when I met him, he told me about the, just the, the sheer home court advantage they have. It's pretty amazing – what that little town is able to produce. I guess there's not much more to do there than watch basketball, but that is a <laughs> fortress up there uh, in Brookings. Yeah, I think I, I threw the video on for just a little tonight, and they threw up the graphic that I think South Dakota State is like 114-6 and six in their last 20, so even more than that, that 47 Eight. games you said, that just absolutely dominant there. I actually I went on uh, Vegas Stats and Information Network this morning, Beeson here in, in Las Vegas where I live, and one of the picks I gave out was North Dakota State because I was certain that Doug Wilson wouldn't be playing. I, I read the yeah. the report when he had gotten hurt, and I, I thought a lot of it sounded like 
we're hoping to get him back, but it's it's probably not going to happen, even though it's a rivalry game or, or a big game atop the summit. Uh, and then I listened to the pregame audio, and it sounded like he was warming up just fine. And by that point, it was probably beyond where I could buy off without leaving a risky middle, so I, I let it ride. And unfortunately, Doug kind of Doug and the the home court advantage kind of took took advantage of me there. And I wish I'd have stayed away like you did. That would have been a smart move. Yeah, I I just. For me, especially with their, you know, kind of depth issues, they don't have a ton really. They're not the most experienced team. They don't have a ton of continuity as as many following Ken Palm. I just, it was important. You know, he's a big rebounder for them. He just kind of does a lot for them. And, yeah, he was terrific tonight for them. They get a big win out there in the Summit League. Uh, Summit League has definitely kind of fallen by the wayside for me. I used to bet it a ton with, I remember Fort Wayne a couple years ago with, like, Max Landis and, a couple of those guys. That was a terrific Johnny uh, Contar. Yeah, oh yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, John Kaufman's always been nice. Uh, he's always an interesting coach. You know, and they had some of the likes of like, um, you know, obviously Mike Dom was there for a lot of years, and um, you know, teams like Denver were decent. They had like that Rodney Billups uh, guy as their coach. Um, you know, just there were certain, and then South Coast they would lose every year in that. Uh, I remember they lost to Western Illinois uh, a couple years ago. Uh, just a wild conference out there. But let's get into a couple things here, uh, Jim. Uh, we only have you for about 35 minutes. I want to get into some of the, the guts of the show here. Um, I've talked with your counterparts, uh, both Kai and uh, Matt Cox. Uh, and really quick with Michigan, um, you know, maybe you can give us a different opinion because I know you're pretty, you know, you're a smart guy. Why doesn't Juwan Howard double in the post? Like I'm still I don't understand like like why it's it's a, it's an interesting question because a lot of a lot of I think maybe why he didn't is because Teske had such a elite defensive reputation I know there are NBA draft scout people that love him as like one of the best big man defenders in the class but maybe that's more he's he's mobile he's more mobile than he looks on the perimeter and he can switch a little bit but one on one in the post. I mean, he's, he's unfortunately a big reason they gave up like 80 points to Luca Garza in two games uh, it, because yeah, it's amazing. they just leave, so cool. leave him on an Island. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why they don't because they, they have quickness to like recover out of, out of rotations, but yeah, I, I guess they're just trusting him and it's, it hasn't really worked out. They're a team that you cannot bet on without livers. You just can't. And they're, they're really struggling uh, without him really on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, luckily they got something out of Brandon Johns tonight, but I mean, Simpson, Brooks, Teske really are just the only guys that are contributing right now. Um, I had a question for you, Jim, about the rankings. Um, I'm not a big ranking guy, but I was actually kind of offended just because I've always, I'm a Mark Few guy. I think he's truly like the greatest coach in the country. I think what he's done is amazing and what he does every year is amazing. And I was actually kind of offended that Baylor jumped Gonzaga because I didn't understand why like Gonzaga beat up BYU I know Childs didn't play and I know it was at home but I mean, they won the game by like 20 Baylor struggles with Oklahoma State uses like a, a late run to get the job done and they jumped Gonzaga what's that all about yeah it was weird timing for that like I, I would have thought if at any point they were going to jump Gonzaga it would have been after Gonzaga struggled with Pepperdine, I guess this was probably too early. Baylor hadn't won at Kansas yet, but that that at, right after that, like beating Kansas on the road, that seemed like the time to jump them if you're ever going to do it. The, like like you said, they really almost lost to Oklahoma and home. Austin Reeves had that pretty open three to in the final ten seconds, I think. Yeah. And it's like Baylor still has the best resume or whatever. But I also kind of reject the idea that rankings should be on resume because then you're just seeding the NCAA tournament, and that's not really what it should be about. So I don't know. I, I, I moved Baylor up in my rankings, but I also had Gonzaga below them before the BYU game before this week. Um, so I've got them one, too. I, I, it's just I, I think there's, like, you know, not a ton, of, a ton of accountability in the poll, and thankfully it doesn't really mean that much. But uh, it was surprising. I, I agree. You know, I, I think your co-host last week, Kai McEwen, thought I was nuts. You know what I told him? He, he could. I don't think he could believe what I said, but I actually said it. You know who I think the number one team in the country is? 
Seton. Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Okay. Yes. I, I, I mean, Jim, you're you're a smart basketball guy. Give me a flaw they have. Seriously, like a le- legitimate flaw. Because I don't I I don't know that I see it. Like I I don't see a flaw in them. I just don't. They're the best player Coming in the country. Coming into the year. Yeah, coming into the year, my 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 take would have been point guard play, but McKnight answered every single question. Like I, yeah, I, I have of, no he's issue. He's the best defenders in the country too. He's terrific. Yeah, he's been efficient. He hasn't been as turnover prone as he's been in the past, as bricky as he's been in the past. So yeah, I mean, like that's what I would have pointed to, and it has been answered. So not a ton of weaknesses, and Romero Gill is just a superstar down low. It's crazy. By the way, shout out to the boys from Orno. They almost beat Vermont tonight, 59-57. Vermont escapes after Ryan Davis, of all people, scores 22 points. Uh, what an odd performance from Vermont on the road. Um, but, hey, uh, it's not easy to go to Orno and win. Uh, they escape with a win. And also, a shout out to all you people that got got tonight and bet Zion Williams in over 14.5 points. Uh, he's got a paltry zero. In three minutes, um, <laughs> what, what a complete sham! If you bet that, I mean seriously, you, you really, I, I mean, what a what a what a just a goatee like uh, square bet if you bet it. Uh, we'll see what happens though. Uh, a couple other things, Kansas, the, the suspensions were I levied, I guess. Uh, <laughs> DeSouza gets uh, eight games, I believe. I think it was eight, no, oh, he's out. What were? I should have brought that up here. Jesus I saw the only difference is 12. Oh, right. 12, not the full year. Surprisingly enough, he didn't get suspended the full year. Wild. I mean, yeah, it's, I, he can come back for the regular season finale. I, I'm glad they didn't like, do the what? 10 game. Cause they would have returned for the K state rematch. And that would have just been a complete shit show. Yeah. I, I, I'm 12 game. I, I'm not really sure what message you're sending. Uh, David McCormick gets two games for basically, assaulting someone on the ground. Uh, if he's on the street, he goes to prison for that. Wild enough. And, uh, you know, the guys from Kansas State got suspended. But were you surprised that, I mean, very lenient. Marcus Garrett, I think, was involved. He didn't get any suspension. Is this the Kansas way? I mean, I know that, I know that the league handles suspensions, but they can add on, can't they? I mean, this isn't really yeah. – what is this message? I mean, I, it's it's pretty weak. I mean, I, I know Kansas, like, announced – indefinite before which I think most people took to mean we don't really want to have to deal with it we'll force the conference to make the choice which is right come on come out and and be a little stronger about it I think they some people thought they just wanted to stay right by DeSouza and not piss him off and now it's like oh sorry the big 12 to send you we we weren't going to do that but the big 12 did it especially DeSouza my my hot take here is that he doesn't matter for that team at all like I think they're best with one big on the floor, and McCormick only got two games, so they they could have suspended D'Souza for the whole year and not been hurt as a team. So it, it would have been just fine. I don't know why they didn't do that. It continues to add to the weird trajectory of D'Souza at Kansas. Uh, if you're a big, you might want to stay away from Kansas. First Billy Preston, then D'Souza, and I, as of weekdays, the Carlton Bragg saga was weird too. Yeah. Good point. Good, good point, actually. Uh, yeah, if you're a big, stay away from Kansas. Joel Embiid was uh, hurt a lot there. Just seems like a kind of a, a tough place to go if you're a big. Um, I got to ask you, Jim, uh, the pecking order in the SEC, because Arkansas loses tonight. And by the way, I'm buying on that Bulldog group down in Starkville. I like that team. I I've I kind of feel like a proud father because I've been telling people, you know, start buying in on this group. They're, they're a solid team. You know, Tyson Carter's starting to play better. You know, they're great rebounders. They play good defense. Reggie Perry's a star. And I almost feel like a complete asshole that I didn't bet this tonight because I, I really felt like Woodard and Perry would have big games. Woodard didn't really do a ton, but Perry was terrific. Um, you know, Tyson Carter added 10, Witherspoon had 11 and six assists, really a nice performance again by Mississippi state, but what's the pecking order in this conference? Because the LSU, they continue to kind of find ways to win games, but I don't think anyone feels real comfortable with it. Florida, you know, they've come on a little bit lately, you know, obviously you have, you know, teams like, you know, uh, Mississippi are just struggling. Arkansas kind of hitting a little wall here. Tennessee's so inconsistent, 
Who's the pecking order after Kansas or after Kentucky? Is it Auburn? Is it LSU? What, what do you like in the the, the SEC? Boy, it's it is tough to say. I, I guess I'll give the nod to LSU just because they have found a way to win some of these games, and, and quite honestly, other teams have not. Um, what, one team I love, maybe maybe I'm the the proud father in the same way that you are with Mississippi State, is Alabama, who yeah. I think is now 14 and three against the spread. They've covered like 12 in a row. They're playing Vandy tonight, so we'll see if that streak stays alive or not. But I was beating the drum early with with Nate Oates going there. What he was able to do with Buffalo players, I thought with Avery Johnson recruited talent, he could get them rolling. And they started with a loss to Penn, but I really like that team. I think they could end up near the top two or three even by the end of the year, just because I don't fully believe in a lot of the rest of the contenders up there. I think LSU has its flaws, like you said. Auburn going on the road. Even Bruce Pearl's not real pleased with those guys right now. So I think it's a toss up. I I'll I'll put my flag in the uh the Alabama ground. Yeah, no, you're definitely on to something there. I think yeah, Alabama's interesting because they almost they play so fast that they almost play too fast. But it's fun to watch. I mean they they've been really interesting. I, I feel like you know, Alex Reese has offered like an interesting kind of not a traditional big position. You can go out and shoot, and it's kind of interesting. And their guards are awesome. Uh, they're using a big second half so far, up uh, 18 uh, down at Vandy. Vandy continues to struggle. 16-4 run for seven minutes of the uh, second half. So Alabama's starting to pull away. Uh, Vandy continues to struggle to score. Um, if you're Jerry Stackhouse, why don't you say, you know what, like, let's just – let's just play as fast as we can. Like we're not good shooting the ball. It seems like they're just like trying to settle in this like half court set and just try to find good shots. Like just go. Like, I don't understand. Like I know Snace was out, but it wouldn't it be in their, their best interest to just try to go as fast as they can and just think, Oh, well, I mean, we might give up 90, but let's just try to outscore everybody. Yeah. He sounded like lost after, I think it was, I can't remember which game it was after the, if it was Texas A&M or, some maybe the Tennessee game after Neesmith went out and he was just like, yeah, we've got to like totally re-examine what we do. <laughs> like <laughs> their whole offense was based around like running Neesmith off screens and all the gravity, all the attention he drew. And now they just, they have no alternative. And they clearly he hasn't solved it in practice yet because but they had 45 against Tennessee. It doesn't look like they're going to crack like 60 tonight. So yeah, it's, it's an issue. It's a real issue. Jim, you're a big future guy. We're talking with the Jim Root from Three Men Weave. Go check out Three Men Weave on Twitter. Uh, some of the great basketball minds in the business, at 3MW underscore CBB. they got the podcast every week. They're talking uh, all sorts of predictions. And I, I've talked to your counterparts, as you know, and I, I give them all the, the, the respect in the world for the uh, the ability that they have to putting out the, the long, detailed uh, previews and, and all that kind of stuff. It's really great work by you guys. Uh, you're really doing some good things. Um, yeah, I know you're a future guy. I know you work on that stuff kind of before the season. I know during the season. So why don't you do during the season? You don't. You just kind of like to do it at the beginning. I, I think it just kind of like falls by the wayside with everything else. That all the daily like making lines in every game, trying to keep up with all the the power ratings of 353 teams, and I'm just kind of like, all right, uh, preseason with futures. Mid-season, I'll, I'll usually take stock like once or twice during the year and see. Right now I'm looking at my, my North Carolina ticket and thinking about which toilet I should flush it down. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, during the year, there's sometimes I'll add. Like I think last year I added uh, Gonzaga at like 10 to 1 midway through the year. There's a couple that are tempting to me at this point that I did not get in on preseason that uh, at least are catching my eye. Can I throw one by you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, I for whatever reason, like I've, I find like certain teams fascinating, and I find like weird ways to watch them every time they play. And last week for me, it was Washington. I was watching them a lot. I, I had Oregon on on Saturday against them, and I know I got lucky, but I'm starting to look at them in the half court defensively, and I, I feel like they're pretty unbelievable in the half court, like. They they just like absolutely suffocate you. And Stewart is playing as good as anybody right now. I mean, he had an unbelievable game the other night. I know Quade's out, but Quade will be back. They're going to get to the tournament. I, I'm starting to kind of look at them and, and think that's not a team that I want to play. Let's say on a 
you know, Thursday, Saturday in the, the NCAA tournament, you know, that second game could be brutal. They're, they're yeah, deep, too. A lot of guys playing minutes there. It's the same as, like, the, the Syracuse effect. Like, Jim Beheim always has, a, has success in the tournament because it's so hard to prepare for. I actually sure. don't think they'll get there. I'm, I, Matt and I, Matt, my colleague, and I have, have sparred back and forth on this. I'm not big on them now. I, I know that, uh, what's his name, Sahonis looked great in their home games, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see them go on a, on a road trip here. I think they have to go on the mountain road trip this weekend. And yeah. if they're able to, to win one or two and kind of hang around and look competitive, I'll probably change my tune. But I'm worried that they're just going to be on the road, these young guys that were basically going to redshirt. Like, I think Hopkins pulled redshirts on two of the freshmen. And if those guys are able to stand up to the altitude at Utah and at Colorado, then, then yeah, I think, I think you're probably finding great value there. But I'm concerned that it won't translate quite as well uh, especially offensively on the road. The defense travels just because of that zone, like you said, but I'm worried about them offensively. Yeah, definitely not a bad point by you. I feel like for me, I don't really care much about – I guess I, – I mean, let me rephrase. I do care about their impending games because obviously they have to get to the tournament. But, you know, I, I look at – you know, I, they'll, I feel like if they can win one of those – you know, they'll, they'll be fine, I have a feeling. They'll, they'll, they'll find ways to, to do things. But it's just about getting them into the tournament. So it's – I guess I can kind of wait. I don't have to necessarily bet it right away. I'm still getting a good price. Maybe I'll get 80 to one or 85 to one instead of 65 to one. Um, what are you liking here? What are you seeing? Do you see anything deep? I mean, the only thing deep I think, I mean, I'm really interested in would be maybe like a, you know, could a Mississippi State make a run 250 to one? Any anything you're seeing here, Jim? Uh, so the the list I'm looking at unfortunately goes to 100 to one, but. I'll pull a couple off of there. Um, I've already mentioned Alabama, so I won't I won't bore you with more talk of them. Um, but I really like Houston at eighty to one. Uh, I, I think Kelvin Sampson is one of the best coaches in college basketball. They've had some. They've covered a whole bunch of games recently. I think it's eight of their last nine. But they had the the eye or the head scratching loss at Temple that or at Tulsa that uh, kind of threw me off the scent for a second. And Sampson after that game was like, we need to refind out like who really belongs in the rotation, that type of thing. So he changed some starters, but they've got a whole bunch of options in the backcourt. He's just got to figure out the right guys. Like I think Sasser has been starting the freshman over Grimes, even though Grimes is almost certainly the more talented guy. Um, but I, I just, I love the way that team offensive rebounds. It's, it's a little similar to Mississippi state, if, to be honest, the way they rebound, they're super physical. They play great defense. So maybe we're, uh, we're on similar tracks there as far as a type of team we like. Yeah, I mean, Jarreau's been really a nice uh, saving grace to kind of, you know, kind of be that guy for them. He comes over from UMass. Quinn Grimes, a transfer out of Kansas, obviously. Yeah, I like this kid down low, this um, – what's this kid's name down low? The big kid. Big, big, big uh, guy. They've, they've got Harris. they got Fabian White. Might be Fabian yeah, White. I, I don't know. they got a whole – they got like an army, an army of them. They don't have quite a Reggie Perry quality guy, but they got a whole bunch of them. I remember last year they had that kid Breon Brady. He was a he was a tank down low, uh, big kid. Um, you know. Also, I want to ask quickly about. I mean, there's some really good prices. You mentioned eighty to one. Obviously, you know teams like um, Alabama, hundred to one. What about St. Mary's? Are, are, you, are you? What do you think there? I mean, they'll get to the tournament. I mean, I yeah, I think they'll get there. I'm, run. I'm. I have. I'm not sure what to think about St. Mary's ever since Tass got hurt. If they're like kind of trying to find the right fit at the center spot, but like if you're in a tournament, a one game or, or go home scenario, there are a lot of people there. There's a lot worse people you could bet on than Jordan Ford. I mean, that guy is just like he's so much fun to watch. He can score from anywhere. He's got probably the best floater in college basketball. So that, and, and Randy Bennett coach, that's, that's a good team, I think, as far as value right there. I'll always be indebted to Jordan Ford. You want to know why? A couple weeks ago, I was – uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks ago, you um, – you know how, like, in gambling, you have, like, your peaks and valleys where you go on this, like, run where you just – you can't do anything right, right? You know, you you lose – I think I had lost – I was, like, one in seven, like, on my last date. It was really ugly stuff. And I'm a low-volume player, so they kind of hit hard when I lose. But um, yeah. I had BYU, St. Mary's kind of lined up. And it was the game where Childs wasn't going to play. It was ruled out. 
So I bet um, St. Mary's minus two and a half in the first half. I liked it early. BYU had struggled in Moraga. And it, it's a it's a tie game. BYU has the ball with like eight seconds to go in the first half. So basically, I'm going to lose. They dribble it out off somebody's foot. St. Mary's has the ball with six seconds left. Jordan Ford just walks down the court. He looks at the clock and just pulls up from like 30 feet and bangs the shot. And I cover by half a point. And I I remember it was a late game. I'm on the East Coast. It was Philadelphia. So it's, I mean, it was like 12.30, 1 o'clock, or no, 12.15 or so. And I remember screaming. I was so happy that Jordan Ford just pulled up like a G and just knocked it in. Um, and I love the kid. He's such a terrific player. He's just, as you say, got the floater. He's just, he's fun to watch. I liked, I liked what uh, some of these guys have given them though. Dan Fotu has been good for them. And, um, you know, Fitz obviously solid. Uh, we'll see where we are with them as we continue. Uh, two questions before we let you go, Jim. One, I ask every guest we talk to until it happens. What game is San Diego state losing? I don't want to hear his time period. I don't I just want to hear what's the game. Give me the game. Uh, how about how about I'll I'll go I'll go real crazy and I'll say Sunday at UNLV. I actually don't. Uh, yeah. I don't hate that. UNLV's been playing great lately. Um, I, I think they're at Nevada tonight, and I I, I lean Nevada pretty hard there. But I think uh, Otzelberger's done a really good job of getting them up for big games. They murdered Utah State. I was actually uh, in the house for that you one there, on New Year's Day, yeah. and yeah, it was. Really impressive the way they defended in that game. And look, I mean, San Diego State almost lost at home to San Jose State. They are, they are not invincible by any means. So if you get a team that's playing up, you get a pretty solid crowd. Um, and, and maybe I'll even be in the house for this one too uh, against the Aztecs. But yeah, I, I think it's entirely possible that or, or at Air Force because Air Force has done some great things at home this year too. UNLV number one efficiency offense in the Mountain West so far in conference, number one in offensive rebounding, good from two-point, and they're the number one two-point defense in the, in the league, so they've done a nice job, uh, UNLV. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. I'll be interested to see where that line is. Uh, before we let you go, one other question. Uh, interesting game tomorrow. Michigan State, Indiana. We know what the home team in the Big Ten can do. We're, we're all well aware of it. Uh, you also look at tonight. Uh, though it hasn't been great. I mean, uh, Michigan loses. I was getting tested by Rutgers. This has to be a sto- – this is, like, to me, probably the biggest – is this the biggest game in Archie Miller's career? Big game here tomorrow night. I mean, seriously, yeah, and it's he a kinda big like, game. He kind of owned Michigan State last year, strangely beat them twice. Yeah, like, they beat them. In, in the midst of, like, their 13-game losing streak or whatever beyond that. Oh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I – I kind of like Michigan State's getting back to. I mean, the the Purdue game notwithstanding, they've they've won I think like nine of their last ten. Cassius seems like he's got his head back on straight with with everything he had to deal with. David Tillman's playing great. Um, that I I lean towards Michigan State, even though it is a road team in the Big Ten, and and Indiana's going to be about as hyped as a home atmosphere as you'll see. Um, but I, I'm going to go. I, I think it's I think I saw minus three. I made this game minus four, so I don't have a ton of numerical edge, but I'm going to ride with Cassius on the road. I don't totally trust this Indiana team yet. Yeah, that's kind of my uh, kind of my thoughts as well. Jim, before we let you go, I always give uh, our guests, I, I give them a team to look out for. I got a team I want you to look out for. All right, Can you get, get me alerted here. North Florida. They're gonna they're gonna hang Ooh. it tomorrow against Liberty. I love this Osprey group. Wajid Amin, who's been there about twenty four years, um, they shoot a ton of threes. As I'm, I know you guys know, uh, they're actually playing pretty well right now. One four or five. They get big time Liberty tomorrow at home. Watch out for the Ospreys. They're interesting. North Florida is just funky on both ends. They they lead the country in three point attempt rate, and they play this weird zone on defense that almost like yeah. encourages layups yeah they're just like all right go yeah. for it go go attack aminu and he blocks <laughs> enough that they deal with it and it like confuses the offenses they don't know what to do they get easy shots too easily so i kind of like that in their shooting against liberty's pack line it, it makes sense matchup wise you know what they sh- you know what their ats numbers are north florida 13 no, five, no. baby 
13 not and five bad ATM. At all. Good. I think yeah, I've, one of I've the been best. on them a, a couple times this year. I, I know I was on them at Syracuse and they, they hung on. Uh, and then I think at Jacksonville recently. So yeah, I, I'm all about the Ospreys. I, I like that call. Shout out to Dallas Moore. Great uh, Osprey uh, in the past. By the way, whatever happened to that cat that was there last year? What was his name? Horschler? He's not done anything. Why did he leave? What was his issue? He, uh, Why did he leave? He got he got booted at the end of the year. He is sitting on the Providence bench until next year. He's redshirting at, at Providence. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay, gotcha. Jim Root, great stuff, man. Uh, check out Jim and the guys over at Three Men. We've they've been very kind to come on the show here. Uh, always talk great college hoops, always good content. Check out their podcast. It's out every week. Uh, the Three Man Weave, they're growing. You got merch, I see. You're doing meetups in Chicago. I, I mean, you guys are killing. <laughs> yeah, How about I that? I can't believe that's happening. People actually are going to attend that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, Jim, I, I, I kind of feel a little guilt, a little jealous. I've been in this business for, I don't know, a long time, longer than anyone. I've been on Twitter since 2009, been on here forever. You guys are doing, you guys are doing meetups. I'm sitting here on Blog Talk Radio every night doing a podcast. Good stuff. All you young guys are killing it. You're killing it. Good work. Well, so the thing you 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 have breadth of knowledge though. Like when as soon as April rolls around and the college basketball is over, we become completely irrelevant. Like, <laughs> you're at least able to you know handicap other sports. I know you said I think you killed the Premier League this weekend. So you've got that versatility. Yeah. We're uh, we're pretty niche. That's our that's our issue. <laughs> Well, listen, if you're ever in Atlantic City, come hang out. We'll go to the Ocean Resort. We'll do it East Coast style. Good stuff, Jim. We'll talk to you real soon. Uh, hey, listen, I got something for you. Real quick, before you go, take Mucho Macho Man in the uh, Pegasus this week. It's going to kill it. I, okay, I don't even know what the Pegasus is, but I'm sold on Mucho okay. Macho Man. <laughs> or, what am I, why did I say Mucho Macho Man? That's his father. Mucho Gusto, I'm sorry. Uh, it, the Pegasus is a big horse race in – it's a big horse race in Miami this weekend. Uh, he's seven to two. Take him. He's got the best jockey in the world on him this week. It's a Bob Baffert horse. Take mucho gusto. It's my man. I love it. I'm in. I'm sold. See you, Jim. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Jim Root. Great. Fun call. Uh, check him out on the three man weave. Those guys do a bang up job every week. Uh, putting out plays and, and doing their thing. Uh, all right, uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to do uh, a couple commercials here. We'll come back. Listen, call the show. Let's talk. 515-605-9349. Um, you know, what, what are we doing tonight? What do we got going on tonight? Uh, we'll come back. We'll see what the call situation looks like and kind of kind of look towards uh, what's going on tomorrow. We'll be back right after this. You know, people ask me all the time, big man on campus, what's the best sports book? There's some good ones. There's some important ones. There's ones that I definitely use. But one of my favorites is betonline.ag. If you're a real sports better or someone that takes this seriously, you've got to be able to bet lines early. And BetOnline has the earliest in the business. You want to bet on the Super Bowl, they're going to have it first. You want to bet on March Madness, they're going to have it first. What about in the NBA Finals? They have it first. With an early ability to bet, you can get ahead of the line. And they have some other great features as well. You can bet with Bitcoin. You can deposit and withdraw easily. You can get paid out within 24 hours. They have higher limits. And they have a great poker, race, and sports book as well, obviously. Take it from me. Go check out betonline.ag. It's your money. Make sure it's in the right spot. BetOnline. Great customer service, great sports book, great experience. Go check out BetOnline now because you can. Welcome back to the Don't Please Me Bro podcast. 
joining us, Jim Root joining us. Uh, great stuff from him. I always appreciate talking college hoops. If you have a college hoops question, you want to join the show, you can right now, 515-605-9349. Let's go to Cameron. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, big man? I'm I'm leaving sub dollars here in Greenville after watching Virginia Tech just beat UNC. And, man, when it comes to AC basketball, I'm a Duke fan, but – what an absolutely brutal loss for UNC tonight, man. I honestly feel bad for those guys. They played their hearts out, and to lose like that, what what a brutal Why? loss not good at, tonight for UNC. They're not good enough. They, they're, they're not good they're, enough. They're terrible. They can't shoot. They can't shoot. And ha- how about Tulsa, big man? Absolutely obliterating Memphis right now. That's, it, it's unreal. Tulsa yeah. might be a real deal shock in the AAC. No, listen, I, I, there was a kid that came into my uh, YouTube show earlier and said that he, he loved Memphis tonight. And I told him, you know, you got to watch out, man, for Tulsa. They're a gritty, gutsy defensive team. They play, uh, you know, just really plotting basketball. Memphis has turnover problems, man. I mean, they continue to struggle in the half court. Uh, they have looked ugly tonight. Yeah, Tulsa's, uh, Tulsa's legit. Frank Hayes kind of needed to save his job a little bit this year and, He's doing it right now. Real nice uh, win tonight for for the Hurricane. They uh they're just kind of building on some of these uh big wins and yeah they look good. Nice win for them. Yeah, big man. Tulsa, you know basketball. This probably is the most interesting year of basketball I've seen since I was little, probably 2010 or 2011. And it's just interesting to see all these games, all these upsets, and how the, the home team. I feel like in every in every conference has, has got the advantage. It's, it's just a crazy year in college basketball. I'll, I'll end it at that. I'm going to listen to the rest of the podcast on my way home. Uh, good talking with you, big man. No, you're you're totally right on home teams. You know, if you kind of just stick to that situation and keep betting on them, they'll come in. I mean, you look at, um, you know, look at tonight. Just go down the card and look at how many home teams won. I mean, it's uh, yeah, you're going to win more than you lose. Thanks for calling, Cameron. Uh, safe trip. Appreciate it, man. Take care. See you, buddy. Uh, yeah, he's right. I mean, home teams are home teams are fun, man. I mean, you're always gonna you're obviously gonna get a good whistle generally. Um, there's just a lot to like about home teams, and and most of us know that. But um, you know, occasionally, you know, you bet a road team, you know. But uh, you know, if you want to win on a regular basis, uh, you, you got to stick to you, you got to stick to the uh, to the home team. Um, yeah, I didn't even notice that. How about that for? Uh, for Tulsa. That's that's impressive stuff. A couple of late thoughts here. I want to see what we have here late night. We talked last night about Wyoming with uh with Mike Randall. That one came in. Air Force I got beat up. He was kind of right with that with Air Force where I think maybe we kind of thought it could be a spot where they kind of get drilled and they did. DePaul's getting destroyed. Same old DePaul it looks like. Um, Alabama, they've they've started to pull away from the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores who continue to struggle. You know, Cal Northridge is interesting. Second half play there. They're hanging tough with uh, with the uh, Santa Barbara Gauchos. Uh, Jim mentioned he liked Nevada tonight against UNLV. Kind of a tough trip. You know, going from Reno to – from Vegas to Reno is always tough. It's kind of that rugged Nevada terrain and, you know – it's kind of a tough spot. Nevada's playing some pretty good basketball. That seems like a game that comes down to the wire, though. It's hard for me to kind of get involved. But UNLV does have that look-ahead game uh, coming up in uh, against San Diego State. Um, go ahead, caller. You're up. Hey, Jeff. Hey. What's going on, man? Want to know your, your thoughts on uh, if, if Q it's Joe. Hey, Joe. Want to know your thoughts? If Q's keeps rolling, you think they can make the tournament? What was the team you cut out when you said the team? Syracuse. Syracuse. They're balling. Um, they are balling. That's a good call by you. A nice win tonight against uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Won a couple in a row here. They're starting to score some points, which is nice. I mean, you usually don't go in and score you know, 84 against Notre Dame. Um, they always seem to find a way in. I mean, obviously, I think Jim Beheim carries a ton of favor, but they're good on both sides of the ball. They play that zone, as as we talked about with the guests. It's it's tough to prepare for. ACC's not great this year. I think we all know that. I mean, UNC's way down. Uh, Virginia's way down. Yeah, I think it, I think it's looking pretty good for them. I was worried about who would score, but 
Hughes has played well for them. The, the coach's son has played well for them. They're not a deep team. They're only going to go five, six, seven. But, yeah, I think they can make the tournament for sure. And they're always going to be tough because they play that really tough zone. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for taking my call, man. All right, buddy. Thanks for reaching out. Um, yeah, Syracuse is interesting. I mean, they uh, – you know. You, I think this year in the ACC, I think a lot of teams can can kind of seize the the momentum here. You know, Georgia Tech can't make the tournament, so they're kind of out. Um, you know, BC stinks, Miami stinks, you know, Wake stinks. I mean, yeah, is is Syracuse maybe the second best team in this conference? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Outside, I mean, I guess Florida State would be in Louisville, but I mean, they're top four or five. I mean, Syracuse is legitimate, playing well. Uh, interesting news out of Las Vegas uh, today. Uh, and, you know, this is an interesting story because I actually talked to this guy before. Uh, he reached out to me about a year ago on Instagram. And, I don't know, he, he like, asked me to buy his picks. And he, he got kind of, like, pissed off when I told him no. But, so there's this guy on Instagram named uh, Big Rob Style. Like, he was getting, like, uh, Nikki Benz, like, a porn star, and, like, all these different people to, like, tweet out how great he was and that he had all the great picks. And he basically used gut feeling to bet games. Now, look, if someone comes to you and says, okay, buy my picks, and you say, okay, well, you know, first of all, you don't if, – if someone calls you to buy picks, you probably shouldn't buy them. That's probably a pretty big red flag. The people that you buy picks from are the guys that, like, you get something out of. You listen to them and you're like, wow, you know, this guy's good info and maybe he could provide a service to me that I'm not getting somewhere else. And I know he's always going to give me solid information. But if someone calls you or reach out and says, hey, buy my picks and you say, OK, well, OK, let me hear more about this. And you say, oh, well, um, what am I looking for and what I what do I want? So you ask the person, what can you do for me that others can't? It's kind of like a stockbroker. Right. And he says, oh, um, I bet through gut feeling." You should probably run the other way. So there's this guy, Big Rob style. His name is Robert Goretzky. Okay, so he's become like this guy in Vegas. He's like 20 something, and he's got all this money, and he drives, you know, Ferraris, and has these Rolexes, and he's got all this money. He's hobnobbing around, doing his thing as they know, as as a playboy would do. But according to the federal government, uh, he's been involved basically in a massive fraud scheme against one single guy who invested millions of dollars in the belief that the funds are wisely invested and earning handsome dividends. In all, Gorodetsky stole nearly $10 million from the investor, identified only as victim A. Gorodetsky was also charged in the two-count kind of criminal information with executing wire fraud uh, and tax charges. So basically what he did was he got some random guy. First of all, if you're a random guy and someone says to you, Hey, um, you know, I can earn you money in the stock market. Send me millions of dollars at a time. I, you know, I see these guys in American Greed all the time, and it's like you get these people that promise you all these di- returns and stuff like that. In four years, this guy was stealing, and you never asked him one time for the return. Like, what am I making? What's my money being invested in? What am I doing here? Victim A should be committed to a fucking mental institution. Seriously. I mean, you would just, what person would just send to someone multi, millions of dollars and not ask for, hey, what are you doing with my money? Can I seize, you know, something? And look, you can also, you know, Billy, Billy McFarlane, the Firefest guy, I mean, he was, he was using fake TD Ameritrade uh, and Scott Trade accounts. So, like, he was creating, like, spreadsheets that were fake. But like, who are some? Who are these people? And where are they so stupid that they're sending money to these random people? Uh, we'll get back to the story. Let's go back to the phone lines. Um, go ahead, caller. You're live. What's happening? Hey, big man. How you doing? This Yo. is Rick in Memphis. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, man. How are you? Pretty hey, good. got a question for you on some. Uh, on you were talking futures a little bit ago. And yep. um, I just want to get your your overall view on uh, <clears throat> something. I'm right now. I'm holding the I'm holding five quick teams: Stanford two hundred to one, USC 
100 to 1, LSU 60, Iowa 85, and Seton Hall 28 to 1. Do you think you should go? You, had, you mentioned Washington a little bit earlier in the show. Do you think you should no. kind of even look at maybe loading up on a? I don't like Arizona at all, especially with their odds of whatever they are, 13, 14, 1. But do you think you should go in or at this point in time, this early? I've already got five. I don't want to diminish my odds a little bit. I think I got some good prices, but. Do you, how do you look at that if you've already played four or five? Do you go back in and try to add a Washington, add an Arizona, add a – I hate to say Gonzaga, such a cheap price, but you, you know where I'm going with that, just trying to see if you can maybe block So basically up, you're, you're talking about one you, of these teams you, try to, you try to protect your investments with like some more likely opportunities. So like you want yeah, to find I mean, teams that are more... you got to get like you said yeah like you said with Washington you got to get them to the tournament first right so once you get them in there so let me you, ask you sort you... of start little. Mm-hmm. The futures that you have, are you? Do you feel good about them? Do you want to unload them? Like, what do you like? Do you not do you just not feel good with them? Or no, I mean, I, I like really. I mean, I, I like the odds of where they are. Do I think any of these teams can? I mean, I, I love Seton Hall. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, I, I just think they're. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I think they're just a solid team at twenty-eight to one. I'm, you know, I hold that. I mean, Iowa. You know, can the big kid go crazy in the tournament and win three or four games? You know, I'm just trying to get. You know, if you just got live to. You know, maybe one or two in the Elite Eight. I think you're probably doing great. You know, with with those kind of sure. well, obviously, I can look at Duke and Maryland and you know all these other chalky teams. I will say, and for anyone out there that 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 has futures like Rick does, I mean, you definitely want to get familiar with Prop Swap. I don't know if you know about Prop yeah. Swap. It's I basically do. a way to sell and, and buy tickets. So you know, obviously want to keep that in mind. But yeah, I, I would definitely try to find a team that you know isn't as you know, like like a Michigan State or something like that. Like Michigan State at fifteen to one ish, I think that's really a good price on that group. I think you know coming into the season, I thought they were the best team in the country. They have the best point guard in the country. They're a, a a group that has a ton of experience. They're well coached. We all know Tom Izzo and March is really legitimate. And I look at with the teams right now in the country, I'm I would be most comfortable maybe outside of Michigan State maybe Louisville, just because I know both those teams are experienced. Yeah. Gonzaga's a team that it's really difficult for them to get to the Final Four. We know that every year. Duke, I think, I don't know, I don't like those, like, for all freshman teams. Kansas has off-the-court issues, and I think they're going to fold. Baylor, I don't trust with Scott Drew. San Diego State's a good story, but I don't think they can get to the Final Four. Yeah. When I really think I hadn't about played it, a lot. I, yeah, I, the one thing I was wondering is, is you know, you look at these. I'm just going to call them maybe the top eight teams, and you add Michigan State in there as one. But, you know, Duke, Louisville, Maryland, Kansas, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Oregon, Dayton, they're all 15 to 1 or less. Do you think their odds are going to plummet in early March? I mean, are they going to be 6 to 1, 4 to 1 at this point in time in early March before the tournament starts when we get a better feel? No. In other words, if no, I lose, because... well, I bet a Duke right now at 8 to 1 when I'm going to get them at 6 to 1 in you know, March, you know, not that big of a discrepancy, I guess is what I'm looking at. So I'm just looking yeah, maybe for the value. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to plummet just because of the parity in college basketball. I don't think a, a team's really been pronounced. I, I will say, though, I, I, I've i never really been a big fan of grabbing any team under 10 to 1, just not really my style. I, yeah. I have no interest in, in a 4 or 5 to 1. I'm looking generally for deep futures. Like, I got Seton Hall at 50 to 1. I'm looking at, you know, Washington, 65 to 1. I'm looking at, yeah. you know, as, as, our, uh, as our guest said, you know, teams like Alabama, LSU, um, you know, um, you know, I don't know, pick anybody, you know, Syracuse, stuff like that. Sure, I'm sure. looking for deep-seated deep ones that I can – make some money on and unload like Texas tech last year. I bought them at, I want to say 35 to one in like December sometime. And I ended up selling the ticket and I kind of feel bad that I did because they ended up getting to the final game, but you know, I ended up making a nice little profit on them. So yeah, I I think it's about just finding them, maybe hitting on one or two and getting rid of it. Like Butler 30 to one Dayton 26 to one. I'd much rather get involved with those as opposed to, you know, uh, Eleven norm. And, you, and I, my whole thing was always we've been doing this about two or three years. We, you know, our our goal is first of all you got to get them to the tournament. I mean, even if they don't have a chance, you know, like like I'll, I'll give you a giggle. You meant I know you played Northridge a couple of weeks ago and, and that didn't turn out for you, but I think they've covered every game since you played them. But I mean, like Northridge, I think Northridge is like a thousand to one. And I, I mean, I know it's crazy, but if you just get Northridge to the so the, not that they're going to win it at a thousand one, but like you said, a prop swap, someone might buy that ticket for, 
you know, something like that. I mean, I think they're literally a thousand to one or something. If I saw that correctly, so yeah. The thing uh, about but, you know, like a Northridge, could they win their the tournament? About a I think they could. Yeah, no, they definitely can. I mean, the Big West is nothing special. I mean, that's why like a team like Vermont's interesting, like a two fifty to one. I mean, Vermont's going to get to the tournament. No one's beat them in the America East. Yeah. I mean, right state. No one's beat them in the horizon. I mean, Yale. I, I mean, Yale. I'll tell you, Yale's an interesting team. I, I would, if I'm looking really deep, I'm looking at Yale. I mean, Yale is really good defensively. I mean, they're one of the best efficiency groups in the country. Uh, they play really good offense. They have really good big, solid guard. I mean, they, Yale's interesting. So I, I would keep. My yeah, they have. A, yeah, I know they played LSU. They they played LSU. Took them to the wire last year in the tournament. And uh, it should be pretty good. But I like that idea of, of maybe just getting some teams in. That's what we've kind of done is try to, you know, get some teams. Obviously, I don't think Yale's going to go as far as, as Duke could, obviously, with just Talon or Kentucky. But you, you're just trying to get – we were trying to get, you know, maybe a dozen teams over that we just believe are going to get in. And could they make in a run to the Elite Eight where you've now got some value on them and, and do yeah. something with it or at least you're hedging off of that a little bit. So, but anyway. Well, cool, man. Keep no, up I remember the good that- one, my man. Yeah, I remember that Yale game last year in the tournament. I remember bet it. I had them. I actually uh, sent them out. I, I had them plus seven and a half. They lost by five. There was all this crazy stuff yeah. late. But uh, thanks for the call, Rick. I appreciate the kind words, you, man. You bet. Stay in touch, man. You be, keep up the good work. All right. Cheers, buddy. Um, yeah, good stuff, Rick. Uh, yeah, futures are interesting. You just got to obviously, as he said, you know, you got to get there, uh, and then you know you can kind of find ways to get out of it. But yeah, so back to this guy, right? So he, you know, he's basically been pinched by the feds. He's got, you know, all this stuff coming at him. But, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad, you know, whenever I see people that are kind of conned, it's like, how do you even get in touch with these people? Like, how do you even find them? Like, how do you say, like, hey, uh, yo, bro, like, uh, I met you at the bar last week in Vegas. Do you want to um, – do you want to like uh, invest with me? I can give you stocks and stuff. Like, where does that even happen? It's weird. Uh, by the way, an update out at Tulsa. Tulsa's up seventy three thirty five against Memphis. What a joke! Penny Hardaway. You wonder why no one gives you any respect. Amazing. That's what I'm kind of saying on Twitter right now. Penny wonders why no one gives him any respect. If you want to call the show, join me now. We'll be on a couple more minutes here. 515-605-9349. Wanted to comment quickly. Uh, Sometimes I talk TV on here. Um, So I finished Sons of Anarchy for the second time. And, uh, you know, I always think it's important to watch – truly remarkable shows or movies more than once. So, you know, you kind of miss things and, you know, Sunday Anarchy was a fascinating show because it was kind of the first show I remember on TV that kind of defied like, like Breaking Bad did it. They were on cable, but you know, Sons of Anarchy had it. It's, it's minuses. Obviously I think some of the storylines, weren't great i mean some of like the like I, I didn't particularly like when they went and got jack's kid in in you know ireland i didn't like kind of the ira storyline kind of wasn't really my thing um you know some of the some of the stuff like where they you know just some of the the randomness of it but season seven was and that was the last season season seven was wildly good like the last couple episodes were phenomenal it's truly like a legendary anthology type of show. And Jack Teller was, I mean, it's hard to envision a better character. Like, he, he was really, really good. Like, he was that outlaw, but he kind of was interesting, too, because he had that, not that exactly the Tony Soprano feel, but he did. Like, he was, you know, obviously had the the kids and his wife, and they battled you know, the the whole, you know, from his son being born drug addicted to him getting kidnapped to, you know, Tara and his exes and, and all that stuff. And, 
I don't know. The one thing I didn't like about the show, though, is, like, some of it just got too, like, some of the killings and stuff just got, like, too, too crazy, but uh, kind of an ode to, to Jax Teller, the, the best-looking uh, motorcycle rider ever, uh, motorcycle club member. I mean, does, I mean, seriously, does any, like, think of all, like, the motorcycle clubs. Do, do they, does any of them ever look like Jax Teller? Uh, seriously. They're all like big bruising bearded characters with like, you know, um, I don't know, it's wild, but great show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, it's always a good one. We have a final out at Memphis, 80 to 40. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Hey, AC's tough. AC is tough. They get doubled up. My God. I'm out of here. You all enjoy your night. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Jim Root for joining the show from the Three Man Weave. Thanks to a couple of callers that called in. Always good questions there. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Make sure you check out the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Nader. Make sure you go check out our sponsors, Bet Online, uh, one of the great sports firsts in the business. Also, PulseRichRadio.com. my Premier League blog and all my other stuff on there uh, as well. I'm out of here. See you.